the reason I was able to buy it all as allegory, I didn't hear any fucking rules. I didn't hear anything she said. Oh, I don't know yeah. any you of the this... backstory. I don't know why those bunnies were there. <laughs> it's just fucking creepy. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sins, joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jerry, Jeremy Scott. Hello. Also known as Jerry Scott. <laughs> hello, hello. Um, for music video sins, Barrett Share. Yo. Also with us today, other Cinema Sins writers known as Aaron Dicer and Jonathan Watkins. Hi, Delio Cinerinos. Hello. And uh, today we're going to be doing a mini pod. Mini pod. Ussie pod. That's an Ussie pod. Yeah, that's an Aussie pod. There's really no other way to go with it. A, really peely, a peely pod? Yeah, maybe. A peely pod? Of us. We're doing a, a, a mini pod of us today. Um, everybody in this room, I believe, saw this movie. Um, and I have a feeling this is going to be a wide-ranging, divergent uh, opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, it it's really is. As after, after this movie was over, I was like, I can't wait to talk about this movie. And we're all out in the hallway, and I was like, I have to keep it in check. I can't <laughs> talk about it. Um, so uh, let's uh, go around. Let's, uh, what, what did you think, Barrett? So up until as recent as last night at like midnight... I did not like this movie. Okay. I didn't like it narratively. I liked a lot of it, but I didn't like it totally. Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning after reading a lot about it and thinking a lot about it, dreaming a lot about it, um, and I think I love it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's, I, I've never had that happen to me uh, about a movie because i'll get into to why in a little bit but like i i just viewed it from a different lens after sleeping on it and thinking about it and that's my kind of movie man mm-hmm. i'm oh, down yeah. with it oh yeah jeremy i loved it okay I, uh, I loved it last night, and I love it this morning. Mm-hmm. Now, I am, I am massively confused by elements of it, and I can't wait to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like I saw somebody on Twitter last night say something like, I've never wanted to hear a director's commentary more in my life, mm-hmm. and that is how I feel, because I feel like Get Out proved that Jordan Peele doesn't do much without purpose. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot in this movie that I don't know what the fuck the purpose was, yeah. and it, I want to know. Uh, mm-hmm. But just from a pure vibe and mood, it just had to freak me the fuck out. It had yeah. me on edge the whole time. Yeah, I would say so. Jonathan? Um, you know, it's always hard going into one of these movies with this kind of expectation. I mean, after Get Out, I think we were all just pumped, pumped. We were really excited when we found out this was the movie uh, that was going to fall, you know, when you guys were all coming. And we were going to get to screen this. Um, but it, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, you have to. It's, you don't want to hold that against a movie, but it's hard not going into this with all these expectations. I'm kind of like Barrett. I liked it more than him. I think coming out of it, but the more I've thought about it, the more I like it. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I can't wait to see it again, and yeah, uh, yeah. I could definitely see my, you know, my like turning to love. Or it, I mean, it's possible it could it could go down a little bit, but I think regardless, I firmly liked it. Aaron. Um, hmm. I, this is an interesting one for me because I'm going to have so many uh, rapturous things to say about this movie. I think there is some incredible work being done here. Um, overall, though, there is a foundational element of this movie that almost ruins it for me. Mm. Um, this, this is, a, this is, the phrase that kept sticking in my brain was, this is just beautiful nonsense. Uh, yeah. it, it, is, it is a movie that is gorgeous and wonderful, and Jordan Peele is so talented. Uh, metaphorically, this movie is so amazing. I, like, the, 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 the metaphor in this movie is not only beautifully done and beautifully layered and, and just keeps – you keep thinking of different things in the movie that lead you to it, but it's also the, – the theme of that metaphor is also so near and dear to my heart, which is so meaningful to me. Um, and again, as we talk about spoilers and, and get a little deeper, maybe I'll explain a little bit more of that, that it's a surprise to me that I can't walk away going, oh, I love this movie so much. 
But there's foundational elements of the actual storytelling and the actual um, plot structure and the world building that is just too – there are too many holes for me to go, okay, I'm on board with just – so like when it's mother and it's all obviously metaphor, I can just let that go. It doesn't have to make sense in a literal sense. When it's something like this, I feel like Jordan wants to tell a literal story that takes place – you know, in, in a version of our world. And because of that, I want it to work on both levels, and I just don't think it does work on both levels. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I'm going to say I loved this with reservations. A lot of the things that Aaron is talking about here is, is stuff that during the movie I was having some issues with. I was like, I, I was discussing, and I can't remember what movie it was a few weeks ago, where I was saying, like, it's great to have all these metaphors and these deeper meanings, but does that make it a great movie? Right. Yeah, a lot yeah. of times we, we look at these things and say, oh, look at all these little Easter eggs he put in there and look right. at all that. And we get really excited by that because it's like this, uh, we're supposed to think it, this is a much deeper movie than it is. And, and on a surface level, if you just watch this movie, it's kind of like, this is good. It's well shot, and it's and the acting and the is acting incredible. is unbelievable. Yeah. And um, but yeah, exactly what you're saying. I'm I'm going to have many many questions about the world he's presented us because it's it's got some issues, man. Yeah, some big issues. <laughs> yeah, but don't you think on multiple viewings though, some of those issues might change? I can't I can't make it, it work in my no, brain. No, well, I don't think so. From what I've read from. Jordan Peele himself, what he's saying, and from all the different explanations, you know, critics that I respect and, and, and understand, there's a lot of saying you're going to have to hand wave at a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, there's just not going to be an explanation that's going to be satisfying in a logical way. Yeah. And thinking about it all different ways where these puzzles fit, it's just it, – it's the stuff that's unsaid that, that bothers me rather than the stuff that is said. Yeah. So I think I, I, I think can, that's I can get that's behind that. Um, so yeah, um, I think we generally should just go ahead and grade it now and go right into spoilers because it's the only way you can talk about this movie. Uh, yeah, the spoilers are central to the discussion. I think. So, um, so Barrett, Lupita Nyong'o—that's the correct way to pronounce it, right? Yes. I, think I hope so. so. Is fucking amazing in yes, this. She's great. Winston Duke is very good. He's playing almost like a Jordan Peele type character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, the kids are fantastic. The doppelgangers with the same actors are fantastic. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss is fantastic. Like, every part of these performances just murder me. Um, and I'll, I'll get to why I, I think this, but it's a solid A for me. Okay. It was a solid C last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an A for me uh, pending at least three more viewings and I reserve the right to go up or down yeah, a half which he'll do by like Wednesday so you'll be good <laughs> uh, Jonathan um, I, uh, B plus A minus is where I'm at right now mm-hmm. okay I'm hovering between a B and a B minus okay mm, okay harsh um, yeah I'm at, I'm at a B plus for this straight up um, uh, mainly just because yes I'm going to need to watch it a few more times and this movie does demand that it mm-hmm. it's not one of those where after you watch it once and hate it, you should just leave it in, you know, yeah. off to the side forever. You have to, you have to give this a couple of viewings, I think. Uh, but yeah, B plus is is my is my grade. And uh, now, I can't, before we go into spoilers, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see this a, another time and have my allegiances change. Oh yeah, to different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be my favorite part of watching this yeah. and seeing the curtain pulled back on everything mm-hmm. and looking at it from different eyes. And I think that's the mark of a great, great mm-hmm. film where you can watch it. It's, it's almost six-sensian, right, where you can, even knowing the spoilers, you want to go back and, and, and rehash all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Especially knowing the spoilers, you want to go back and yeah. rehash And I'm sad I didn't look up her name before we did this, but the girl who played the daughter, I cannot wait to see what she does next. I oh my god, the was... evil version of her? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, that's it's fucking nightmares. That's what I'm saying. Both, she did both versions so well. I mean, she's, which, she's which great. Which one? The, uh, the, the, the daughter. When, uh, There's two older daughters. Lupita. One is the younger Lupita, and one is the her daughter. The, the present day the daughter. Present day. Present day, okay. Yes. Alright, so we're going 
into spoilers now? Let's do it. No spoilers! Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Sose. Miss Luke's father is actually Darth Vader. She's the sister and the daughter. No, 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 no. I'm reading the books. No, 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 no. I'm not reading the books. Yeah, that's, that's appropriate. <laughs> so we did uh, get out the same way. We were we made a mention of that's that. That's true. We were, we were what so was funny, funny is that uh, there was a Key and Peele marathon on Comedy Central last night, and mm-hmm. I watched probably like an hour or two. <laughs> In the background as I'm reading about yeah. this. Uh, so one thing about this movie, and I know not everybody was the same here. I was talking to my brother and, and my niece and nephew after this. Uh, but I, I I knew the twist way early. Me too. I, I was there. Are you talking about the final twist? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, and I feel like it's the most unnecessary twist ever. Yeah, I, exactly. I feel like you, you... Oh, yeah, you know, I know. Barrett's wincing because... You loved it? it I fucking love it. Yeah, I, I, I like love it, it, though. That's the thing. Yeah. It's one of those... It, But it, but Jeremy's right. It's almost unnecessary. Because it could just be part of the story. Because isn't that part of the yeah. the um, the uh, the mystique of it? Maybe that you could come up with that theory on your own if they didn't explicitly yeah. say it? Um, I can't remember where it was. Where I, First off, anytime there's doppelgangers and doubles, you have to immediately think that they've switched places yeah. at some point. That's something we've gone through with cartoons all our lives and everything. <laughs> and it's like, who shoot the real one. Who's the real one? I don't know. Would the real one say this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so you know all that going in. But it was especially when she tells the story to her husband. And she says there was this little girl there, and I was like, "You could be talking about the the other girl in this scenario." And that was immediately where I said, "All right, that's where that's where we're headed." It clicked for me with, um, I think it was in the first. It was it was when we went to the other family, and I realized that everybody was just speaking in grunts except her. No, oh, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay. She knows English because she was taught English mm-hmm. growing up, and nobody else does." Mm-hmm. Which is weird because you would think if she can teach them to, you know, form hands across America and stab people, she might be able to teach them a few English words. Yeah, she you might know. just not have wanted to. Be, no. This movie takes a dark necessary. approach to hands across America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but metaphorically, that's genius. No, like, I metaphorically, agree. I agree. that but whole the, thing is smart. Well, and I, but and I story-wise... I love the subtle reference to that at the beginning, too. I loved his uh, attention to detail. And also, like, while that's being shown, there's a video of Chud. Yeah. Like, right there off to the side. And and the man with two brains. Yeah. And the right stuff. The right stuff was there. Uh, And what was the other one? Well, it was Nightmare on Elm Street, but... Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, that's an interest. that was an interesting inclusion, the right stuff, by the way. <laughs> uh, I read something that said to, something to the effect of like, well, that, they, 1986 was the year of the Challenger and we were still healing as a country and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, the right stuff's kind of a stretch for a Challenger reference. If you were to really do, I mean, I don't think you could because the movie Space Camp came out the same year, I that's think. That's right. I love Space Camp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it would have been, it would have been hard because you could couldn't have had a video cassette of Space Camp in 1986. Right. What the right stuff made me think of, though, was those annoying ass double VHS yeah. tapes oh, yeah. that Brave ruined yeah. your like shelf placement. Yeah, like it just completely messed up your whole like uh, uh, movie collecting. Uh, yeah, and then just the fact that you had to watch a movie for about an hour and a half and then, and then change, change the, the yeah. tape. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the struggles were real. <laughs> in 1986, the struggles were real. People. Yeah, yes, hey, it was. Can I? While we're talking about the ending, appropriately enough, at the beginning of spoilers, can I say why I love it so much? No. <laughs> why do you love them so much? Um, Did the movie fight up on a wall? I think that ending encapsulated everything about this movie. It, to me, and the reason, we can go into this now, the reason that I switched my opinion on it is that I viewed it as pure allegory now. Mm-hmm. The literal part is the fun part, is the popcorn part and everything. Mm-hmm. But if you view this in a mother type of sense, mother type of sense, <laughs> um, allegorically, I think it works beautifully. Mm-hmm. And that ending encapsulated the whole theme of oppression, of opportunity, because she, she has that horrific realization that I am the doppelganger. And then she has that smile saying, it doesn't really matter. I made my life how I made my life. It doesn't matter uh, if if I were this one or this one. I made the most of my opportunity. That's what this movie hits me 
the the hardest on. And I think it's beautiful, and I think it's perfect like that. No, the I, allegory thing is, is – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, the allegory good. thing is, is right on. I mean, because this is essentially a updated remake, whatever, of a Twilight Zone episode called Mirror Image. Uh, Jordan Peele has come out and said that he was very much influenced by that, and I thought about it the whole time I was watching this movie. And Twilight Zone was very much, a lot of the times, an allegory. So – I think that's I think that's perfect. I, which you know, thank God he's. That'll be interesting to see him do the Twilight Zone now. <laughs> uh, if yeah, if I t- if I go from your perspective, Barrett, and say allegorically, I'm just gonna I'm gonna forget the literal part of this story mm-hmm. and go allegorically. This is an A plus for me. Like mm-hmm. I, if I'm so if I like put myself in your position, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, the the themes that I saw throughout this entire thing have to do with our country. I don't think it's any uh, mistake that one of the characters says we are Americans. Nope. <laughs> it's no mistake that us is also U.S. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think this very much has to do with a feeling that has been just creeping inside of me of I can't do anything about our us versus them mentality and the idea that you have to draw sides on everything and you have to hate the people who are on the other side as you are. And, and that is something he is saying here is, Guess what? When you divide and you say, look at those people, you're saying, look at me. And the fact that the kid says, hey, when you point your finger, you've got three of them pointing back at you. That's the whole theme of this movie yeah. mm-hmm. is the idea that we are us, all of us, you know, and these separations that we make are unhealthy and they're harmful. And the more we can do to empathize with each other, the better off we're going to be as human beings. That is... Whew. Shit's getting heavy up in here. No, like, that was the that was the thing that went through my head when when the the boy says it's us, and it, I know it's the roll credits moment of right, the movie, right? Yeah, but it's also the moment in the movie where you're like that. That's where he's saying way more than just the just oh it's us the our doubles. Right. You know, it's yeah. it's it, he's saying. All the you know all these problems and everything that we're pointing at exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you basically, I don't think I have to say anything more after Aaron just <laughs> dissected the movie. But yeah, yeah. thanks for being so eloquent, you asshole. <laughs> all right, so um, but that no, was I, the mini pod. What can I say? I, I completely agree with your assessment, and that's exactly what I was I, thinking yeah, on, that, on that moment. I, and it's brilliant, and it's beautiful, and it's it's wonderful, and it's part of the reason. That And maybe I should. Maybe I should just go your route, Barrett, and just say, okay, let's just treat it as allegory not worry about the literal stuff. But like I said earlier, I think this is a movie that wants to hold together literally. Um, I, th- I mean, I don't know that Jordan was especially concerned with it. Like, I don't, I don't think, think it was it his was, main yeah. motivator. Yeah. But at the same time, it wants to give – Get Out does. Get Out holds together literally know, I, I, and I, metaphorically. I, for sure. I, I'm telling you, man, I had this exact opinion last night. <laughs> <laughs> But you can't have a literal sense of how this is all going down. There's, there's no practical way that they could set up these experiments for every shadow being in the universe. Right. There's obviously no way that they would abandon all of those motherfuckers down there, right? So, well, what happens think- when people move across the country? Like, what, what happens when people drive to the next town? Do hey, they, did you not read the thing at the beginning <laughs> that said there were all those tunnels, yeah. millions well, of they, miles? While people are driving 70 miles an hour, is there dog well, running? Yes, I will. Yes, they are. Are. Look how fast, <laughs> I, I, Look how fast the kids are running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say, though, one thing I did not get, I, I didn't really completely understand how it worked, because there was that great scene, and I love the scene, where the car is on fire, and the kid decides to get out of the car because he's like, it's a, it's a trap, it's a setup. And then he starts moving backwards, and so his doppelganger starts moving backwards. But up until that point, that had happened. Yeah, it had. So I was confused. Had had? They did that mirror image yeah, thing in the closet. But he's oh, that's though, true. There are a lot of moments but though where it, he's not. Co- sure. He's yeah, yeah. not. And, copying and like him. when and like when she's running away, the other the doppelganger's not running the opposite. I don't know. It, you know that was just one of those moments I thought was really cool, but I didn't really understand how that worked. Yes, the yes. rules. Uh, of, right. The rules of the universe are very late. And, yes. and, and then I was like, oh, that's why she had her handcuff herself. Well, I gotta admit, but, I didn't. Know, I don't know what the rules are. Yeah, I'm. I'm literally fifty percent deaf, and out of pride, I did not wear those caption glasses last night because I didn't want to look like headgear guy. But every time doppelganger Lapita spoke. Yeah. Nothing. I got nothing. And I got to wow. believe even fully hearing people struggled at times because when you speak yeah. 
by breathing in. <laughs> so I have a lot of questions about what she said. Because to me, the reason I was able to buy it all as allegory, I didn't hear any fucking rules. I didn't hear anything she said. Oh, I don't know any of the miss- backstory. I don't know why she, those bunnies were there. She, that, that was <laughs> just fucking creepy. It was very creepy. That was the part where she was just explaining how she had the opposite children, right? And yeah, yeah. Hey, let's let's do this because I'm noticing that we want you know some of the audience wants interaction. Yes. Let's have our conversation and let's take some questions at Absolutely. the end of conversation. Oh yeah, we're end. gonna Does have a work? big Q and A. Michael Jackson permeates this movie in a weird way um with the thriller shirt obviously and then uh all of once once real adelaide uh goes down and becomes the the tethered um you know her followers all start wearing these red jumpsuits they all have one glove on their hand and all that um and it's a it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting thing it's almost like these people are still like she was developmentally nine all the way up until this point like Mm -hmm. all like you know she's still talking about hands across america all these type of things uh i can't also uh help but think i don't know if this is i don't know if this is true because you know man in the mirror came after 1986 Mm -hmm. but that's another that's a song michael jackson made that very much fits this movie's there's a ton of mirror shots (laughs) even when they, she's getting her head crushed on the table. There's the reflection off of the table yeah. of, of her face. So there's this like almost triplicate yeah. of, mm-hmm. uh, of Adelaide. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, and the whole movie feels like thriller in a lot of ways. You know, <laughs> yeah. the idea of, you know, him leading that dance. And, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's all There's there. even moments where Lupita Nyong'o looks like Michael Jackson does, like has seen the fa- facial expressions he uses in thriller. Like there's a couple of moments I was like, that's exactly what he looked like when you see him as a zombie. For I did not think of any of this. This is very fascinating. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Please, she, please she tell also, me more. She also had a strong Lauren Hill vibe going on with that mm, hair. Yeah. And I dig it. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was just sitting there just beyond trying to understand that movie. I was like, she's so pretty. I, don't, I, I was actually watching it thinking Chris is now falling in love. With yeah, I was just hair. like, oh, man. Why is she, why is she so pretty? <laughs> um, and she seems, and she is so cool. Like, if you just see her, like, at a... This is getting off the subject, but if you see her like at a, a premiere yeah. or something, she's just always like just her fascinating the way she dresses and just everything about her. She's a superstar, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah she's, she is. She's great. awesome, which is that's good for her. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> one thing that bothers me greatly, and I could be wrong. I'm reasonably sure when she turns around in the car to teach her son how to feel the rhythm. She snaps on the one and three beats. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out how how they were on rhythm at all. That that has to have been on purpose. Right? Uh, you would think so. I guess. So what yeah. does that mean? I don't know. Because it drove me crazy. Because it was like that in the trailer, and I thought, oh, maybe it's just the trailer. And then the movie yeah. comes, and she's like, feel the rhythm. Isn't that like, oh. isn't that just her still learning? Because she's, maybe maybe that's the point. She's yeah. a tethered who doesn't understand rhythm. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe maybe the tethered the you know the one and the three are the because correct. Because she's so young. Because she got slapped when she was so young. Yeah. Well, but it's also the opposite of you know it's the upside down yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So maybe it's the opposite. No, I think that's it. I think that's right. That makes that maybe it's. I think that's right. I thought, but it yeah. bugged me all. By the way, the all. use of the use of music in this movie is outstanding. Oh, yeah, it's great. The, it's so even great. like the the fuck the police, which could have very well just been like a one off <laughs> joke. Yeah. And then it actually they play like almost play the, the whole song. song and it <laughs> they even play the Ren verse perfectly. Yeah, they played the Ren verse. Yeah, yeah. You never hear the Ren verse. And, it, and, it, and it's it's weird. All this murder is happening. And you're sitting yeah. there going, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, well, who here didn't know that there was a guy named MC Ren in NWA? Yeah. Nobody well, I'm probably about always going to be haunted. in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. From now on by that, ba-doom, doom. Yeah. Like, every time I hear oh, that. Oh, yeah. Ba-doom, doom. Like, yeah. it's, it's in the movie. It's not just in yeah. the trailer. Uh, I do have a question. Maybe I'm being stupid about this, but once real Adelaide goes down into the further... Um, <laughs> no, it's the, it's, the, it's the sunken place. It's the sunken place? Okay. Um, once she goes down into that, I, so I guess if something happens to your tethered, it happens to you too? Is that what they're, they're saying? Is that because once, she, once the uh, doppelganger goes up and gives birth and all that, she gives birth too. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they were essentially untethered once that switch had happened. Um, you know what I'm saying? I do. I think when she had her uprising, I think 
Well, there's, there's two things that I thought about that. First off is that after the experiment was abandoned and they didn't have anybody to monitor it or, or you know, keep it going, essentially they, they unlearned that, that process. And that had happened um, after she had given birth and stuff like that. The other thing is after she did her uprising, they officially became untethered because otherwise how could they you know, murder mm-hmm. themselves and all that stuff. Right. Uh, so I think that was the, the clean breaking point. But then if that's the case, then why is, is little homeboy like you know, mirroring the images and stuff like that? Yeah. He, well, yeah, he, he may have been playing a game or something like that. So, Maybe, yeah. Uh, but I think there was definitely, if not a gradual, a clean break when she decided this night. Now, how did she get an entire country of... What is it, six hundred million you, or something like that? Think, you're, I think you're, you cannot think about this movie in a literal sense. You can't. It doesn't make sense. Barrett, he had, she had thirty-one years to get everybody in, in the world in America to do this. Like, hey, Ron, thirty-one years. All she had to do was walk well, down those corridors. Well, let's talk about the simple fact that this this movie does try to give a reason, right? It does say, I mean, it kind of yada yada is it, but there is that moment where it says this was an experiment that we did to see if we could do doppelgangers, and then we abandon it. And so we're to believe that that experiment doppelgangered everybody in the United States of America, Mm -hmm. and then for 30-plus years, nobody happened to go down to any of the tunnels and see one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Of, you know, hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. Like, well, people just... didn't know Chuds existed. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I just until 1982. Or whatever. I just want to know 84? what happens at the end because they drive off in the ambulance and there's all those people holding hands across America. What happens to them? Yeah, are they? Well, I don't know. There and then there's helicopters all hovering yeah. around them. Like, and everything. Are we Can... about to start shooting everybody? Or I, I think I, I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> so they accomplished. You got to remind me. Did. Was the Hands Across America actually – did that get accomplished? No. Yeah. Well, well yes. actually, Hands Across America is pretty much considered a joke at this point. They, they, I mean, obviously, there were large gaps because you cannot – do. there are you know, mountains right. that you can't actually get hands through. So there were gaps. But they, um, they raised $30 million of the $100 million they wanted to, and only 15 went to help people out. It was all bureaucracy and shit right, like that, so. right? Son but, of a bitch! <laughs> make a movie about that shit! Yeah. So, okay. Well, I think that's what Jordan Peele is doing here. He's kind of taking all that and laying it on top of this metaphor about how we, we fake seeing each other and we don't really empathize with each other. You know, we do sh- uh, uh, hollow things for each other instead of doing real things for each other. I think that's part of the metaphor. No, really. Well, and I think it's showing them going over the mountains and all that stuff linked up. Well, I think the, yeah, the, tether, the literal yeah. explanation is that they accomplished, the doppelgangers accomplished what the normal humans couldn't accomplish. Like, they actually did So what I'm supposed thing. to believe is that ambulance drives away, that that is a line of hand-holding, red-wearing doppelgangers that goes all the way to yeah. New York. Correct. And, and that is the new ruling order. All right. So these people who have been marginalized, who have been oppressed, who have been literally confined to tunnels, are now in in charge. Yeah. And let's not forget, oh, every one of those people I represents do a double, a, a real person who has been killed in real life yep. too. So it's like they're the all country's going to stink. What about the, what, yeah. Nick, the sequel's yeah. going to have triple gangers? Yeah. <laughs> There's another layer underneath. When you a triple gang banger. <laughs> You mentioned the country's going to stink. That was another thing I thought about with the experiment. Over 30 years, how many people died and their doppelgangers died? You know, did, where did they bury them? Did they it's have like funerals? Or they, where are they all the dead people? <laughs> yeah. did, they go just from, did they go straight from rabbits to humans? Because there's only rabbits and humans, right? What do, I think what they do. You mean? Oh, well, when you go cloning? down there, there's the doppelgangers and there's a million rabbits. I'm well, trying yeah. to figure out. Well, the rabbits were part of the science experiment probably to begin with, and then they became a food source. That's creepy. Well, so, yeah, well, one of the that. things that, one of the things that she says that you couldn't hear yeah. is that she would while you were eating awesome food up here, I was down there eating rabbits. But so, still, like from a scientific standpoint, they did rabbit trials, rabbit trials, rabbit trials, straight to humans. Yes, that's what. Yes, apparently. Okay, yes. I still think there's a couple that's steps a, in between there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, not in horror movies, man. They go yes. straight to the humans. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, can I ask a real quick question? Um, does anybody know how the dad's doppelganger died? That confused the hell out of me. He got chewed up in the motorboat. But it wasn't running. 
Well, no, he he pounded his head on the motorboat to start it running again, and it worked that time. See, it so was it super started. quick, though. I okay. was confused it was, too. It was hard to. It was hard to. Okay, follow. is that's what we think happened? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, By the way, his character is the most ineffectual husband ever, right? Like this, and and it's it's awesome because it gives uh, Adelaide all of the hero shots, right? Um, because dude is almost incapacitated from the beginning. Like, all this false bravado, he goes out, he's like, it's about to get real, y'all, that shit. Like, he's immediately emasculated. Yeah, yeah. well, and as uh, Red uh, points out, that is that uh, she marries someone she wasn't even in love with. Yeah. And, uh, and it makes you understand how in the world somebody looks like the Peter Nyong'o would be with the- Now, this guy, in real life, is a, is a very handsome dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in Black Panther. He's like, oh, yeah, know, man. You, um, uh, but they made him all nerdy and, you know, goofy and stuff. And you're just like... They made him look like Jordan Peele and yeah. act like Jordan <laughs> yeah. Peele. Yeah, J- yeah. Jordan Peele's going to hear- do, like, the Woody Allen thing and have, like, somebody playing him in every <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah. John Cusack's going to play Jordan Peele. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh, about the horror element of this, about the suspense, thriller, you know, were you scared moment. Okay, so because I actually, my one biggest opinion coming out of that is that I really didn't feel like that was a horror movie. Really? Like, that felt like a thriller to me. Yeah, yeah. I disagree 100%. There's, and, and maybe I just don't have the right definitions, uh, because there is some blood and there is some violence, but I was much more creeped out than I was scared. If that makes any sense, I was I was not well. Part of the reason I was not scared through a lot of this has to do with uh, I, because I didn't buy into the literal sense of what was going on. I wasn't connecting to their fear. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like connecting to them as as well as he used the horror tropes. You know, like Jordan Peele really gets the idea of shooting somebody with a, a window behind them. You know, so that any moment you wonder if there's you know he gets that stuff. How to use the camera. But I never really felt it because I wasn't connecting with the literal sense, the authentic sense of the, the world. What I did connect with was the, the more thriller, suspense kind of yeah. part of what's going to happen. But I was never really scared. Yeah, Jesus, I was scared shitless, man. <laughs> yeah. but, for, but, but, I mean, there are horror movies that don't scare you, too. Sure. I, mean, yeah. I mean, being scared. I mean, and, and, and I'm not, even though I did make that tweet the other day about people calling this elevated horror, I thought that was funny. But um, I'm not... I don't care. I mean, if you don't think it's a horror movie, you don't think it's a horror movie. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything to me either way. But uh, I definitely think that was a horror movie, like one hundred percent. Yeah, I would say some of the horror elements would include the uh, the Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker, uh, mm-hmm. the, the all, all their doppelgangers coming in and swiftly making quick work of all those guys. Which and then, is awesome. Yeah, and um, and then uh, of course the it's a it's a trope we've seen a thousand times. And the last time I really saw it was in Scream. But the you know little girl like dying under the, the car we don't know where she is she's not under the car and where is she and um those type of elements there's a lot of horror elements in this but you know it's one of those things where all of those elements of horror and thriller just kind of blend together well, do we even have genres anymore i mean yeah. that's the thing i mean i think tarantino and people and kevin smith even and people like that have they they they've you know taken inspiration from so many different genres. I mean, we definitely don't have like what we had like say in the 30s through like the 60s where it was very much defined. Mm-hmm. I think now everything is just kind of a mix. Well, and this is a just a big uh big budget studio version of what we've been talking about with the Modern Horrors gang yeah. is that horror movies now are a way to facilitate another message oh, yeah. that we, you know, now it's it's I mean, yeah, you'll still get your stupid horror movies, your your yeah. um but True but there. Yeah, truth or dare, um, those type of movies. But you'll, but you, sh- but now a lot of times people are like, oh well, I can make a pretty good message with these because yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a really good genre to do it in. So. Yeah, hor- and horror movies have always kind of done that, especially since like the '70s, where you had a lot of the the reactions to Vietnam. You could see in a lot of horror movies around that time, yep. and then that turned into reactions to the Reagan era. Um, in the 80s and uh, and so on and so forth. So with with our current political climate, these types of movies make 100% make sense. Yeah. Since we're talking genre, let's talk about comedy because this movie was funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah it was. There was a there were a lot of I mean Jeremy, you had a very big laugh at one point. I heard you all the way from the back row. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> no, don't. That's the greatest. What was man. the big? What was well, the big? Was it the, sure the micro machine? Micro machine. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That was crazy. Well, and it's. <laughs> yeah. 
Micro machine. The the thing that I think it's just especially just for us is the fact that Jeremy pitched this idea of CinemaSins as the Micro Machines guy doing these type of things. And that's why those original videos are so fast. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, like, just to hear a little bit of a, a reference to... I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with us, yeah. but it's 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 still fun. Maybe it does. Ooh, maybe it does. Well, i tell you what did. <laughs> the first thing on Apple's news app, when I, when I got home last night, I was looking up news and stuff like that, was a Slash Film article... Deep dive. I mean, it was like six pages long about a conversation between critics who had pre-screened it. And in the middle of this fucking article, out of nowhere, they say, well, Jordan Peele doesn't make uh, movies for the CinemaSins uh, crew. Like, what the fuck, man? What does this movie have to do with us? Stop bringing us into this. This has nothing to do with us. Oh, this movie has a lot to do with us. Oh. You, well, but yeah, he, obviously he's not making it for the I Cinema mean, Sins crowd, yeah. right? I mean, you We're can't you can't spell you can't spell Cinema Sins without well S. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it, it, it worked well in your head. Yeah, yeah, that. man, my head. That was the funniest fucking thing ever. Okay, yeah. here's here's another thing I had problem with. Uh, the kids are great. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely wonderful. You had a problem with the kids being great? I have a problem. <laughs> I have a problem with I don't think they're authentic. Mm-hmm. I don't think children react that way, especially at that age. In that, I don't think she goes in. Where did it come from for her to go in there with a golf club and murder people? You know what I mean? Like that's just. It's a it's a fight or flight instinct. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, she's also no, she's stalking. She's not she's not being backed into a corner and trying to survive. I she's, think I have an answer for that. Okay, good. Okay, because I think she does it out of instinct at the beginning because she just you know casually grabs that that putter or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's looking for mom. Uh, she hears her being whatever kind of tortured but not really it's elizabeth moss doing her weird thing yeah <laughs> uh but uh she hears her going so she's trying to get to it, but trying to pro- be careful she almost accidentally kills that first girl and then it starts it awakens this bloodlust and she has way too much fun with that next one and like jabbing it like the the office space guys with the printer you know hey and she's half doppelganger remember and that she's half doppelganger <laughs> whoa <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Actually, the half doppelganger, I take it all back. She is half doppelganger. And speaking of comedy, though, that does does lead to the great bit where they're comparing kills. Mm -hmm. Like, who who has the most kills? (laughs) But wait a minute. All right, ignorance coming. Get ready for ignorance. Did the doppelganger... Marry the Winston Duke doppelganger yes. underneath and have kids that looked exactly yes. like and, and I think that's why because those they kids mirror what out. the people on the surface do. And I think that's yes. why those even kids though Lupita out on worse. the surface was the, the doppelganger yes. and not the real Lupita, yes. yeah. the Lupita down under still yes. And that's the speech you didn't hear where she's talking about all the things she had to go through. While the doppelganger was above, she's talking about you had, you know, a, a C-section or whatever, and I had to have it ripped out of me. You know, she's talking about these things that she had to endure while you were enduring the exact same thing. I really should have worn those glasses. Something that I think we'll have to delve into further in the, in the repeat viewings is mm. this half-doppelganger thing, because that's, that's the way it is. Uh, I mean, That's but, amazing. You know, that's to think what, about, but yeah. the Lupita, you know, the, the the Adelaide doppelganger that she's been educated, she's turned into something different, and so I mean, it it kind of makes, and plus she married a non doppelganger, mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense that those kids would turn out fairly normal, whereas the kids below, they also came from a, a male doppelganger that was not educated, you know, was yeah, not, and I was think, basically a chud. I think that's, I think that's your answer. You you broke my brain when you said that, but I think that's your answer is that. They are the same, and that one class is not savage and one class is, is not. It's the, the it's the opportunities that they were afforded, mm-hmm. and they were not afforded any opportunity. That's where you get into the allegorical stuff in, in my head is that they – it's almost a social – three identical strangers type of thing where you know you put the same exact person, the same two halves of the same person – uh, in different situations, one's going to thrive and one's going to uh, to do poorly, despite them being the exact same. Uh, so it's interesting that you said that, but I don't I don't know if that's the case 
in in the daughter's case because I don't know if there's an inherent savagery to the doppelgangers or if it's just mitigating circumstances. Yeah, right? yeah. But right. it's it, interesting it, to think like about. Like it does feel like the the movie is more saying that she just got the bloodlust yeah. and she's ready to go. And I, I agree with Aaron, though. I was like, these kids are taking this pretty well. <laughs> they are, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's and like, then they're all sitting around with all the dead, dead bodies. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And there's just, there wasn't, the authenticity was a little, it was, it, and this is fine, by the way. It's, just, it's elevated movie making. I get it. But, yeah, there is a little bit, and that has to do with the, my buy-in as well to the, the fear elements. There's there's an element to the authenticity that is missing when they are sitting around with dead bodies all around them. And like I just you know I like to think of myself as a pretty even keeled guy. I would just be like I I don't know, I'd just be comatose. Like I don't know what I would do. Like think, you know well, like if that really happened. And I think all kids are different because one interesting thing I remember when uh, when it came out and I heard you talking about it on your podcast and with mm-hmm. them. Um, you were talking about how you didn't find the kids in that movie believable. Most and I and I was the exact opposite because those were the kinds of conversations I was having with right. my friends as a kid, and that's just different childhoods right. and you know being around different people. Now I think this is a different story, but I'm just saying I will say I do think different kids react in different situations. It definitely didn't bother me in this, but I do know what you're saying. I I can't imagine I would just be sitting around dead bodies like having well, a conversation. Well, and let me and let me clarify having a normal conversation with somebody. Let me clarify this. Um, I think the kids in this are amazing actors, and I think they're doing yeah, exactly yeah, sure. what they're told to do. Yeah. Um, I just don't know that the the direction the characters were given felt supremely authentic to me in in the whole scheme of things. That in that moment, I think that was explained away by uh, Winston Duke's character saying, "We got everything that we need right here. We got a backup generator. We got food. We have all this stuff." You know, yes, in the in the current state, there's you know Elizabeth Moss like <laughs> laying there in the in the middle of the thing. But he's like, you know, why would we go anywhere? We've even got the TV, and then they finally turn on the TV. So I think it's explained away a little bit in the fact that, you know, we're, we're set right now. There's no more zombies coming at us. There's no more, you know, death and destruction. We can chill here for a little while. But weren't, yeah. they, but weren't they even, like, eating at one point? Were they not eating? I just remember they were sitting at the table. I couldn't remember if they yeah, were, Yeah, they were like sitting eating. at the kitchen table. Oh, okay, okay, that's what it was. Okay. Was that Tim Heidecker? Yeah, Tim Heidecker. He's like uh, Tim and Eric, right? Yeah. Wow, oh, what a funny. what a crazy turn for that guy. Absolutely. He plays a well, great asshole, by well, the way. Yeah, he yeah. does. Uh, he's been in a lot of movies recently, but yeah. usually just for like 10 seconds or something like that. And you're like, oh, there's Tim Heidegger, yeah. and then he's gone. Uh, this one, he, they finally expanded him a little bit more, and he's a, that's a perfect casting. Perfect yes. casting. <laughs> it's so good. Can I oh talk about God. another part of the metaphor I really loved? Is the fact that the doppelgangers are the tethered? I think is what the, you know they're called mm-hmm. in here. The the tethered uh, take on the uh, the base attitudes and actions of their you know upper doppelgangers. So, for instance, when he goes to shake hands and then you know does yeah. the <laughs> the hair slick thing or whatever, or her cutting herself in the face because she wants to be you know mm-hmm. something she's not, or so um, you know the the doppelganger of him is very like you said trying to be all you know gruff and manly, and so it's really interesting that it's also saying something about not just that we're all alike in a a you know literal sense. But that there is a version of the things that make us tick deeply, you know, that just kind of create who we are that is in the people that we may be prone to hate, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of even a deeper level of it really is, you know. I had somebody in college, it may have been a professor you and I both loved. I had somebody tell me, it stuck with me forever, that your biggest pet peeves are very often things you yourself do. You just don't think it's wrong when you do it. And so the place that I notice this the most is um, I talk too much, um, and it bothers me when other people talk too much, (laughs) but mostly the road. Like, I don't think I'm cutting somebody off when I gun my engine and get in front of them. But I could see a scenario where I'm the other car, and I'm like, you asshole. You you just cut me off. Not not anymore now that you've seen Roma. (laughs) (laughs) Center at peace. Yes, but you get my point, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> now it's interesting. The base parts of the I forget the Winston Duke's character name. Do you remember what it is? Uh, it is Gabe. 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 So yeah, Gabe. When his base, like Tim Heidecker's character, at least has that smarm and that assholery and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, Gabe's character, his doppelganger, is down to like just primitive. 
yops basically right like he's he's just trying to like out muscle his doppelganger and not really it, it, there's no there's no nuance to it which is odd because it seems like uh the real gabe is presented as like you know pretty well educated dude like you know pretty well functioning that kind of thing doing well financially it looks like you know enough to get a boat um, well, isn't this even a boat house? Yeah, yeah. It's like a vacation a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say something, and this might just be a weird thing with me, but holy hell, if you can afford a summer home, buy a bigger fucking bed. That bed. <laughs> oh, especially, especially if you're sleeping with Winston Duke, I mean, who takes up the entire I fucking mean, thing. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, have a king bed or just get the fuck out of my face, but that, they, that was like a twin bed. Yeah, yeah. I have, I I have, I have never more identified with a man than when he took up that entire bed. Yeah. <laughs> on it. I love the name of that boat too. The B yacht. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my god. That's the that's another layer to God damn, I want to see this movie again. That's another layer because they're doing well, right? The 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 Gabe and Adelaide sure. characters. But the Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker characters are doing a little bit better, right? Like the boat is a little bit better. The mm-hmm. the the car is a little bit oh, better. Yeah, all that the house is, is a little bit better, yep. right? Yep. And there's even that thrown away line where uh, where Adelaide says something like, "I'm having trouble. I have trouble speaking sometimes." And she goes, "Oh, I, yeah, I get that." And yeah. obviously doesn't get that on any level. Yeah. Much less the deeper level of that line, what that means, yeah. and it's. You know, yeah, they have things slightly better, but don't. Uh... I, lo- I mean, this is why we need somebody like Jordan Peele to to do something allegorical or, or, or horror based or whatever it is, but then just put little things in there. Well, now that you know if you, who think you need to reach it. out to to get an interview. Hmm? <laughs> Let's get an interview with Jordan Peele, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't make movies. Actually, for us, uh, so. he's been yeah. on the Malton Show, so maybe. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe. Yeah, see if yeah, we he can he swing that. Lot, man. He does a lot of podcasts and stuff. He seems um, pretty accessible. I was going to say we talk about Easter eggs too because we really haven't know. touched on a lot of the little Easter egg. We touches. talked about the bunnies. We t- well, we talked about the. It's true. It's true. It's true. I don't remember them having eggs. Uh, but yeah, but the number one, or eleven, technically, you know, Channel Eleven is the you know the TV she's yep. watching at the beginning. Jeremiah eleven, 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 eleven on the clock. Obviously, it's symbolic of the ones being next to each other. Also, is a score of a baseball game that is said out loud yeah. at one point. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, so there's just little touches like that that I really love. You know, there's all the pop culture Easter eggs, the Jaws shirt, of course, the Hands Across America and the Michael Jackson, you know, we talked about. Uh, there's just a lot of little fun stuff like that. Did you guys notice any, any others? Well, I didn't notice this, but I read about it that apparently this is the same beach where Lost Boys shot. Yeah. Oh, yes. Huh. And somebody oh. says there's a, a movie shooting over by the Ferris wheel. Uh, and this is and it's, a refer- it's a direct reference yeah. to Lost Boys. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a, totally. there's a, re- there's a lot of references to like Goonies and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Corey Feldman and stuff like yeah. that going on in this. Uh, the Jaws thing, there's a, there's a scene, a beach scene that is reminiscent of the, the first kill in Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, has the same sort of editing and everything. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's it's it is. It's, it's one of those movies that's just cool to talk about, it right? Is. Like, I feel like you could hate this movie and love talking about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And I, I I agree with Barrett. That's actually a sign of a really good, at least a really good um, conversation movie is to be able to have stuff like it's, that. It's a movie you're not going to forget, whether you like it or dislike right. it. I am a little surprised at how high it is right now. I, don't, I didn't look at the audience uh, ratings yet, but I know well, Rise just remember, is like 95%. Well, just remember Rotten Tomatoes. I'm, I'm giving this a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I have qualms. Mm-hmm. So just remember Rotten Tomatoes. Could be a whole bunch of people who hey. are like... This is good enough to get a fresh. Let me ask you. I'm always, I'm, I've always been curious about this. Yeah. I should have known this already. I should have asked you this yesterday. You submit to them? Yes. And then you choose fresh or rotten? Correct. And then you also choose the out of 10 score? I, I, well, they convert my grade to, a, to whatever they're... You give it algorithm. a letter grade? I give it a letter grade. I, I think letter grades, for me, are the most impactful for people to understand. And okay. They have, they have an algorithm to convert that. Convert that to I've always scale. wondered if the critics were getting to choose fresh or rotten, or if Rotten Tomatoes there was are just some, taking the math. There are some that Rotten Tomatoes does. Some critics who are, are too highfalutin to do their own work, you know, Rotten Tomatoes will say, hey, we want you on the site. We'll have people. Well, they, offer, they actually offered to do that for all my old reviews. They said, we'll go back through all your old reviews and, you know, convert them into the site. Awesome. So, so they do some of the That's work pretty too cool. sometimes. Inside knowledge. 
<laughs> also, don't think I haven't seen the trolling you who over here by you three. All right. <laughs> oh. I didn't want you to think I missed that. I, I, told, I told them that when I read that sin, I was like, I know a lot of people who drank Yoo-Hoo. But I was like, I love this sin, yeah. so I'm keeping it in. I think when I reviewed it, when I was doing my notes on it, I think I even wrote, uh, great sin, by the way, I, I used to drink Yoo-Hoo all the time. Or something. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I think it's the first time I've ever really had a Yoo-Hoo. Yeah. And you're having like a strawberry Yoo-Hoo. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, um, are we about Yoo-hoo. to open it up for questions? Just about. I would also say Jeremiah 11.11 is, is a pretty basic, uh, you know, apocalyptic verse in the Bible. It doesn't, you know, it, I mean, it has themes that go along with what's going on, but I think it was probably just the closest 11.11 he could find in Scripture that, there, that went with what it There what is a doing. cool moment, though, because it references, that verse references like a voiceless scream or something like that. Yeah. And Elizabeth yeah. Moss's character, one of the indelible images is her going, yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, yeah. she, oh, I mean, for, for five minutes of screen time, she is so good in this she movie. She is. Man, there's oh, even, oh, 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 and the, the frisbee landing on the blue circle. Yes. You know, just kind of all those little moments that are like, oh, something is weird here. Mm-hmm. Something is lining well, see, up too well. I, I think and, that's why it's easier for me than you to just ditch the literal shit. Yeah. Once that frisbee landed perfectly, perfectly around that blue circle, to me that was, this is an alternate universe. This is not reality. Yeah. Um, because, but it, but the movie wants to have rules and also not have them. Like you're it, right, you're not wrong about that. But I, like you said earlier, you said it best in that you know he's he does want some literal stuff, but he's clearly more concerned. Oh yeah, his priority his priority is the metaphor. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Hey, what's the difference between an allegory and a metaphor? That's a great question. I don't know that I could give uh, you a great answer. I didn't answer know to. if there was an the easy metaphor. A comparison. An allegory is much more about uh, what. He looks like the English teacher. means one thing directly represents another. Okay. Whereas metaphors are a little bit more free-flowing in their, um, in their representation. What he said. Yes. <laughs> so I guess this would fall more into the allegorical. No. Uh, <laughs> I would think it would be more metaphorical. But. Was that a yes or a no? No. no. This is much more this is metaphorical. Metaphor. Yeah, this is metaphorical. Okay. Good. I, I learned something today. That was the whole point of this whole weekend was to create an experience that all of us would remember. I think I'm enjoying myself more than you guys. <laughs> mission accomplished mission on that. Mission accomplished, yeah. man. Yeah, because watching a movie like that with knowing that everybody in that theater is basically your friends. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that was uh, just really really uh, an added level of excitement to that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for uh, this mini-pod. Yeah, mini. Um, yeah, um, so uh, if you uh, have opinions about this movie, and I know you do, <laughs> go to Syncast presented man. by CinemaSins on Facebook, uh, CinemaSins Twitter, uh, Reddit, uh, SoundCloud, and we are on Discord as well. Uh, but I'll do it for this mini-pod. Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, Barrett Share, Aaron Dicer, and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. You talk about the, the experience of the crowd, and my wife was sitting next to me. And was obviously much more into this and afraid than I was. There's a moment towards the end when somebody in our group sneezed. Like it's it's all wrapped up. You know, we're just we're flying over the hands across America. Somebody lets out a little sneeze, and my wife goes, "Ah!" Yeah. <laughs> so like, I got you. Okay. I think the, I think one that I read that was big allegory thing was called the Pilgrims Pro- of Pilgrims Progress. That's what that one. Yeah, the yeah. characters are actually John named Bunyan, like John Bunyan, sixteen hundred. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's now we got another you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> another you who comes. Just up. Did you bring enough for the whole group? <laughs> for the you <Yoo-Hoo> boys. <laughs>